Podcast, Episode 4. Uh, I'm BJ. I'm Luke. And today we're mostly going to be talking about our first impressions with the PS5 because neither of us have an Xbox Series X yet. Um, and we just really want to talk about how we're enjoying it and everything. Um, but first off, what have you been playing, Luke? Devil May Cry 5. Shocker. On my PlayStation 5. <laughs> Uh, no, I've been I've been playing a lot, obviously, because you know, new console, new games, everything that comes with that. Um, I guess my next gen week started with uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla and y- Yakuza Like a Dragon, which I've only dabbled in Yakuza, but already just just like the little tutorial part that I kind of got a little bit through, already kind of has that. It you can tell it's like oh, this could be Yakuza, even with and even with the English, like the English dub, I think is pretty good so far. They're definitely they definitely hired talent. It wasn't just like, uh, hey, you you can you can voice actor. Yeah, get over here. They they went through and went, okay, who's who's really good? Who can sell this character? And while I haven't gotten there yet, it seems that they've been doing the localization team is like working overtime because like they they've all of the karaoke songs are in English, all wow. of their like s- separate voice lines in battle, all this other stuff. I don't know if like the random crowd in the background is is dubbed either but mm. even still like there's they're going above and beyond in the game like in that shows and from the from the few battles i've done um obviously i don't have summons and i don't have the other stuff yet but it it feels like yeah this is gonna be a decent kind of jrpg for yakuza valhalla is very fun and we'll talk about that more probably in a little bit but valhalla is amazing it's it's leagues better than odyssey and odyssey was okay like it's a fine rpg bad assassin's creed game valhalla brings a lot of uh really like fun ideas that rpgs don't do so in valhalla the way you so it kind of runs on the power system like a destiny does Mm. so instead of like oh you just level up like a normal like beat up a bunch of enemies do whatever no it's like the more tasks you do the more things that whatever you get ability points instead so the more ability points you get the more you can go okay i want better melee i want better ranged attack i want better health defense whatever and you'll get these occasional skill sets or these the yeah skills and those will go hey you can now stomp on enemies when they're on the ground do extra damage hey you can now uh do a sprinting attack or hey you can dual wield heavy weapons now it's like the more you do that and each the more you do that the better you get in each of the skill trees there's three i want to say it's wolf bear and raven each of them do different things so raven is more stealth i want to say bear well no raven is the raven is ranged wolf is uh stealth and bears melee like just brute force mm-hmm. and uh that's really cool um but the other way that you level your character up is by finding ability books in the wild so you will go the assassin's creed is really big on exploration so you will find so you you basically will find these lights yellow um white or blue blue is like mysteries yellow is wealth and i forget what the white one is but each of them give you something the wealth is materials. So you get weapons, armor, um, crafting materials, things like that that you find. And they're good ones. It's not just like, I found iron ore or whatever. No, it's like, here's a carbon ingot. Here's silver. Or here's whatever that you need to upgrade your 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 weapons and your um, 
<clears throat> armor. The mysteries are all different things that could be just a random schmuck who wanted to write a poem and you have to help him out there, or it's a, like an animus anomaly or some weird glitchy thing, because again, this is all a simulation in Assassin's Creed. Right, just like real life. Obviously. Um, but all those things kind of, the more you do them, the more ability points you get. So everything you do basically pushes your power level forward because you grow, you can, you can pretty much go to like even high level areas, just run past guards and stuff and then just get your, all the stuff you need and go back and raise your power level that way too. Like, it's not like level gated like Odyssey was where it's like, Hey, you have to be level 30 here. You're only level 17, so have fun. Whereas this one's just like, hey, this is the power level for most enemies. So do with that what you will. But you can go in them. And I, I did a raid, which is another thing the game offers. But I did a raid in a, in a one that was a level 50, and I was only like power level 20. But I was still able to do it. Because I was, I'm, I'm getting better at the dodge window, because that is a big thing. This game now has a stamina bar. Which is different than the previous ones, like in Dark Souls or in everything else. Um, the more uh, the more consecutive attacks, anytime you make a hit, you you gain stamina. If you miss or you dodge or you do any special moves, you lose stamina. But if you consecutively hit the enemy, you will gain stamina stamina for every hit that actually gets there. So it, it rewards the aggressiveness that a Viking would have. Like you're not just gonna like, alright, shield up, let me walk around the guy. It's like, no, I'm going to beat the mess out of you. So get back over here. I like the sound of that. It reminds me of Bloodborne, the way you described it there. I forgot about Bloodborne. Yeah, because if you if you get hit, it has that little ticker of like, hey, you can get your health back if you attack more. Mm -hmm. So, But yeah, all in all, Valhalla is probably, I would say, where Assassin's Creed needs to be. Because it, it's, it's different enough from the original. But it has a lot of the same stuff, like social stealth is back. It's not nearly as robust as some people want it to be. But when you go into places of distrust, so the area, instead of the red area that says, no, you'll be killed on sight here. It's like mm -hmm. this one is like, hey, guards don't necessarily like you. And you have to pull your cloak up. So you have to have the hood on. You have to go through doing whatever and blend in. That includes sitting down next to other people, doing a task like you can literally make bread like knead dough or whatever or like stir a pot while and so the guards will just walk past you because they just see a dude in a cloak doing it doing a thing mm -hmm. and then you can kind of go through and you can pretty much do what i do and if you get caught just be like okay time to attack but um the the enemy variety is what makes that hard because it's not just like all right here's your uh just random foot soldiers and they just have different weapons it's like no here's oh. uh here is this guy's a yeoman and he has a giant metal shield that will not break and if you like you know juke him out and attack him you get one hit in and then shield comes back up so he's very sturdy you have the skirmishers who are fast and i mean fast like if you swing at them they will dodge like, they have a dodge window that is so, so small. It's hard to get them. But if once you get them, it's like, all right, cool. But it's getting to that point. Right. You have, like, berserker-type enemies that are huge, hulking beasts of men. And they just take forever. And they will beat you down. They will also throw their other friends at you. 
Like, if you kill the guy and he's on there and you dodge out the way and he's next to him, they'll just pick up that corpse and throw it at you. And it's like, oh, that's so cool. They, they added more. It's not just, hey, you have your heavy guy. You have your light armor guy. Oh, this is sword. It's bow and arrow. They have those, but they also added more. So there, there's a lot in that game. And then the story, obviously, it's weird because the main character, Eivor, mm -hmm. is a female. But apparently there is a lore reason as to why you can choose to be a guy. That's interesting. So I'm, I'm waiting to find that out. Um, sorry if you hear uh, a fan in the background. My PS5 is actually like right next to me. Um, turning on. I ha We have it on here for reference when we uh, talk about it. But, um, oh hey look, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Oh hey look, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah, I, I this is obviously one of the first games I had to put on there. Of course. But yeah, so um, Valhalla, I would I would probably give again. I haven't beaten the game, and I'm like not that far into it realistically. I'd probably give the game like right now a solid eight out of ten. Mm. Like a, it's a solid game. It has its problems, and those could be just the fact that I'm playing them on a on a one X. So we'll see. I I think it's a great great game so far. Obviously. If you're a fan of the classic Assassin's Creed, you might not necessarily like this. But if you like the new RPG Assassin's Creed, this one does a lot of different interesting things that you can tell it has depth. It's just may, may not be the depth of where the Assassin's Creed fans want it to be. Because there is depth there. It's just not in the stealth and it's not in the modern day storyline. Because that thing is, I at this point just skip that. Yeah. Just constant <clears throat> pressing the B button. Just going, okay, blah, 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 okay, cool. I will say, uh, and again, I'll probably replay the game at some point, or we'll just watch all of them on YouTube, but Rebecca and Sean are back. Really? Yeah, from the original, like, two, whatever, to, like, three, and then never seen again. Wow. Yeah, they're back. They brought them back. And then, again, spoil. I, I got kind of spoiled, but they, they're bringing other characters back that, like, you hadn't seen in a while, too, where I'm like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I don't care about the modern day at this point. I stopped caring in Black Flag where I was a nameless, faceless <laughs> worker at Abstergo. Yeah, I I never made it past three. Like, as soon as Desmond died, I was like, alright, well, that's it. Goodbye, Assassin's Creed. So you never played four? I never played four. Um, I own it on, like, three different platforms because I'm a heathen, but haven't played it yet. Barring the modern day storyline, because that's the worst part of that game, it's a phenomenal game. Like that's as what I hear. It's it again. It's like with Assassin's Creed Valhalla, where it's like you're not playing this for Assassin's Creed. Mm -hmm. You're playing this to be a pirate, or with Valhalla, so you're playing this to be a Viking. Yeah. There just happens to be some Assassin's Creed stuff on the side. But yeah, now the I would recommend Black Flag to anyone just 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 for one playthrough, at the very least. And if you like it, you know, go back completionist do whatever you want. But it's fun. And then Freedom Cry, the Adewale DLC, mm -hmm. is so good. I really love that one. Also, it's probably really, really good to mention now, considering, you know, racial tensions are at an all-time high. It's it's It deals with that, because this was back in, you know, the golden age of piracy, where slavery was still a thing. Right. So Adewale was like, nah, my brothers, I got you. It was really cool. I liked it. But uh, other than that, the things I've been playing were on PS5, so I guess we'll get to that when we get to the PlayStation stuff. What right. about you? <clears throat> so, uh, I've still been playing Shantae and the Seven Sirens here and there, um, a little bit on the PS5, 
I actually transferred my Genshin Impact stuff over to that. And the difference is immediately noticeable. I have to download that still. You do. Like, there's an event going on right now. I haven't really started it, but I got the opening cutscene for it. Um, but, like, the frame rate is way up from 4. And it just looks amazing. Um, I actually, for my birthday, got a PlayStation card. And I immediately pulled 5-star hero child. So I'm pretty proud of that. Um, the rest of that $30 just was blue weapons. So that kind of sucks. But I did get a 5-star. Um, and then I really regret to tell you this. Because it burns me up inside to say it. Oh. But uh, the last most recent thing that I played. And the reason that I was almost late to come record. Is Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory. I am excited to hear what you have to say about this. I full disclosure, in case you haven't heard from our past podcast with his like slight, you know, little little quips here and there, VJ has problems with Kingdom Hearts because three was very divisive is the word I'd probably use. Yeah, that's a that's a nice way to put it. Say what word would you use? Just <laughs> god awful garbage? I would say that it's a lot like that scene in Futurama with the Tiny Tim robot where he says, you've raised my hopes and dashed them quite expertly, sir. That's how I feel about Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, but I picked up Melody of Memory. My sister pre-ordered it for me for my birthday. Um, so I went and got it just because I was in town. I was like, okay, I guess I'll try it out. Um, and I was playing it, I kept playing it absentmindedly, and then I realized that I was at a point where I was replaying songs five and six times to get every objective, and then I was like, is this a good Kingdom Hearts game? <laughs> so, uh, I, I will say this, is it, is it like actually a good Kingdom Hearts game, or is it just a good rhythm game with really, really cool Kingdom Hearts music? So, at the point I'm at in the game now... It's a really good rhythm game, um, but also it's just kind of recapping all of the stories so far, um, like they've done with eight different games. But uh, like it's all narrated by Kyrie's perspective, and I think later on in the game, once she's finished narrating the other games, they'll get into this story about Kyrie and young Xehanort and time and whatnot, but uh, I hate to say this, but I actually really love the gameplay. I mean, the gameplay wasn't bad with 3, but like, I'm not playing it and being happy when I'm only playing, like, the game. Like, when there's a story cutscene, I'm happy to see that too, but that might just be because it's recapping the games that I like. That's fair. Watch once they get to Kingdom Hearts 3, you're going to be like, you. Yeah, it'll get to Kingdom Hearts 3, and I'll have to play uh, Let It Go with Riku and two Dream Eaters, and then I'll be like, oh, I remember now. I remember what you did to me. I still can't believe they had the audacity to put the entire sequence of Let It Go from the movie into that game. From the movie. Like, they didn't even create, like, a little stage for it or anything. You just play it over a fucking... <laughs> gif of the song <laughs> what's even better is like 
when you when you actually look at that, there's no difference except you get occasional shots shots of Sora going, whoa, <laughs> wow. We'll probably do like a a big old Kingdom Hearts retrospective, considering that that is a game series both me and BJ have sadly been roped into. Yeah, that's gonna be a long uh, ordeal, but I'm happy to do it. I'm I'm happy to do it just because yeah, I'd, I'd like to. I like to re- redo some games. I haven't played Birth by Sleep in a while, and considering it's one of your top five games, it is. I'd like to actually like go back and because I remember it being good, mm-hmm. but I remember also just going like, if I really like three five eight, like I I three five eight is probably my favorite Kingdom Hearts game, only because that's the one I put the most time into, and like oh, I'm getting all of the Keyblades, even though they all suck. I'm getting like that that last like weird Keyblade Roxas had, or oh you do the thing, you put this slot here, you could do wield. Yeah, like all that stuff, and then the, the the story was great and sad, and just all around. I, in my opinion, like pinnacle Kingdom Hearts writing before mm-hmm. it starts getting like super weird. Like it's still weird because you got Heartless and Nobodies and Husks and whatever the heck Shion was you know. underutilized. That's what you call it. <laughs> you, that's Kyrie. Completely under. Oh well, no, that's just useless. How do you feel about them making three Kyries and none of them get a full character arc? <laughs> Shio, Namine, and Kyrie. Just there, I guess. <laughs> like, no, straight up, like, Namine doesn't really do much in any of the games, except in three, they were just like, hey, Riku's got you, don't worry. You hear about all this stuff she did, but every time you see her, she's just sitting in a blank room drawing these five year old pictures. Yeah, like they're always like, oh, she's an artist. It's like, no, she's just she's not. <laughs> she's scribbling. Like the the picture of like Roxas and Axel and Shion that she drew, I could do, and I'm not artistically inclined at all. Yeah. So Melody Memory, what would you give it? Like, what would you say so far? Like, so far, like if if you could give it a, a rating of any sort, um, if I could give it a rating on my personal rhythm game scale uh persona dancing is my favorite rhythm game which one uh three four five i mean three and five are basically the same game okay that's fair but i like the music in four better i also just like they actually tried to give it a story yeah me too four which i need to re-download that i have that digitally I can get it on the PS5. Persona 4 and all of its spinoffs are the Kingdom Hearts of Atlas. Okay, speaking of that, did you see Sega is apparently looking into Atlas's backlog of more things to port because of the success of Persona 4 on PC? And it's about time. Huh, who would have thought? Really popular game that was locked to a PS2 and then a Vita would be really popular outside of that. Yeah, it's like, it's almost like people want to play games and people like these games that you've made so it's like why not let them play them if that makes sense i mean if you hate money just release for free like right like you know like atlas at this point it's just like scrambles apparently not like they still don't know if it's coming to the west it's like why not just they know it's coming to the west okay the voice actors have been doing work on the game i'm pretty sure all the voice work's probably done at this point because they've been working on it since like july but, like, Atlas West is just garbage. And I feel sorry for Koei Tecmo for having to work with them. Yeah, it, I don't know. 
It's weird. I'm. I don't know. Like I, I want more things. Like obviously, I want Persona on the Switch. I want Persona on PC. I want. Throw them on Xbox. I don't care. Put them on everything. Why wouldn't yeah, you? Like, you know, it'd be perfect. That'd be great. Now, like, oh, you want more people to play it? Oh, throw that thing on Game Pass. You know how many people would just be like, hey, Persona 4 is on Game Pass. I'm gonna buy Game Pass now. Because, mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's there. Like, why not? And even if they didn't do, even if there is some invisible deal that we can't see with Sony, like, Persona Q and Persona Q2, just put those in a package and sell them on Switch for 60 bucks. That'll sell like hotcakes. I wish. Dude, I liked Persona Q. I didn't, I didn't get to play much of Q2. I still have the deluxe thingy sitting on my shelf, but... It's amazing, man. Like, I need to play Etrian Odyssey now because the mapping system in that game is so satisfying to me, just making my own little maps. Yeah, it was, it was such an interesting thing for dungeon crawlers. Like, I, I thought... Like, that's what I think I love about Persona's, like, side games, mm -hmm. is they're able to take a other genre and go, we can do it, too. Let's get weird with it. Like, Persona 4 Arena. Apparently, it's a pretty solid fighting game. Dude, it's amazing. We need to play that sometime. Um, I have 4 Arena. I don't have Ultimax, though. I have Ultimax. I'll bring it over. Sick. But uh, the nice thing about Ultimax is it actually includes the full story of the first one, like, in it. Oh, so it's pretty much... What was that? It's Dissidia. Yeah, it's Dissidia. Of just like, hey, so here's the first game, too. <laughs> also, the new one you want to play. They came out with Dissidia, and then they skipped 2 through 11 and came out with Dissidia 12. I love the... I, Final Fantasy naming... Square Enix naming conventions is so stupid. Yeah, like even even in games that it's not like Dragon Quest Eleven, Echoes of Elusive Age, Definitive Edition S. Like, I'm sorry, why is the S there? Meanwhile, you've got Kingdom Hearts 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue, Birth by Sleep Point Two, <laughs> a fragmented whatever, fragmentary passages, which doesn't even make sense with their own naming conventions. Yeah, it doesn't. If it's Birth by Sleep 0.2, then it would be a prequel to Birth by Sleep. But it's not. <laughs> also, Kingdom Hearts 358 Days Over 2. What does that mean? I get the What's 358. The two? Yeah, where's the 2 coming up? I get Wait, the maybe the 2 is two screens. Shut up. <laughs> Don't. No. No. I refuse. No. Stop it. <laughs> stop it. No. We're done. We're talking about the same series that has 3D Dream Drop Distance. Stop. <laughs> no. I refuse to believe this. You're probably right and I hate it. Yeah, I I just realized that. I was today years old. <laughs> oh, so we have a sponsor uh, of the podcast. Coincidentally, our, our editor, Landon, is working on an audio drama like podcast type thing that you can get on Spotify uh, called Wardcliffe Academy. Both me and BJ have listened to it. And it's episode one, at least. That's why it has out right now. And it's pretty good. Yeah, I actually listened to it a couple of times while I was at work the other day. Um, it's got a very, like, young adult movie vibe to it, almost. Um, gives me a lot of, like, Peter Jackson, like, Harry Potter type of vibes. Percy Jackson? Yeah. Who's Peter Jackson? That's the guy who did the Planet of the Apes, isn't it? Could be. <laughs> so if you like Planet of the Apes and Harry Potter, 
Um, but no, like the sound design is really good. Uh, very ambient with the sound. Um, lots of good sound effects and the voices are really, really done well as well. So I highly recommend it actually. It, um, I got, I was lucky enough to get to, to hear about it a little bit before I got to hear the original episode one. Mm. So getting to, to have that one and then seeing the new episode one, like the kind of the differences he made was actually really cool. Cause you could kind of tell, okay, yeah, he's getting better. And so, yeah, uh, Ward Cliff Academy. We'll have a, we'll have a little, little, like, I don't know, like a little trailer you can listen to in the podcast yeah. that'll play. That's um, a but great idea. It's uh, it's good. You should check it out definitely, and we'll uh, we'll hopefully have more to tell you about that over time. Cause yeah, I I'm I'm ready for episode two. I'm ready for more. Cause I want to know what happens. Yeah, I'm actually pretty sucked in myself. I want to know where these characters' backgrounds come from and all that sort of stuff. Like the parents, especially. Oh yeah, no doubt. So yeah, Wardcliffe Academy. It's on Spotify, and I want to say it's on others. He didn't give me, like, a list of the other stuff, but you can definitely get it on Spotify. You could probably search it on, like, other podcast sites mm-hmm. and see if it's there. But Wardcliffe Academy, it's uh, by Landon Powers. This morning, NASA is showing us what the monster storm looks like from space. It's expected to race up the East Coast. Meteorologist Megan Glaros of our Chicago station, WBBM, is watching the Nor'easter develop. Thomas, do you know where you are? I'm definitely not home anymore. It's our dolly, right? You've traveled, it's searching. It would definitely explain the weather. And home has been found. Guess Margrave wasn't kidding. I'm not stopping. You shouldn't have survived that. Who are you? My name is Ardali, and you're being hunted. My abilities come from my adaptation, a small genetic anomaly that opens the human DNA to all sorts of interesting mutations. I know that this isn't going to make much sense to you, but there is a bigger issue here than you know. So all of this is real? Yeah. The adaptations are very real. Whether you believe us or not is of no consequence. We're here to help you. Let us. Director, you can't just ignore this problem. The demon is still out there. Pay attention. I've killed to get here. I'm not going to miss my chance. There is no place for you here. Then you'll burn like the rest. He's here? Of all places, for us to bring an unknown variable, the Academy is not a good one. Without any way of knowing what he can do, we may have just invited the devil into our home. Then why tell me at all? Don't want to lie to you. Grave. I'm the hunter. And we need to talk. 
All right, so the PlayStation Five, the monolith of a gaming console. For real, you can't you can't see it, but I it's literally sitting right next to me, right next to my little figure of Nero from Devil May Cry Five. It actually looks really menacing in this low light with the glow coming out of the middle. You've, I'm assuming you've seen the memes, but I want to buy a Seto Kaiba head. Just put right there on top. Yeah, that would look amazing. I just, I want to, just because I've seen the memes. I've, someone apparently did it and even put, like, the arms there with the dual disc and everything. <laughs> and I'm just like, ah, it's so good. Because it is. It's his, it's his weird, super out there popped collar jacket. That's what the design looks like with the black t-shirt and all a third-rate console with a fourth-rate library <laughs> but uh anyway the playstation 5 uh i guess first impressions that the system itself i think it looks cool like it's still weird but it's got that futuristic like uh it's you know we're, we're doing something weird like we're making sure like it kind of goes in line with sony's philosophy of next generations yeah, I, I actually really like the design, too. I thought I wouldn't like it when I first saw the images, just because I guess they were zooming around it 360 degrees with a camera. But, like, sitting in an entertainment center or just on your desk, it looks really nice. Um, and, like, it's indistinguishable from anything else, so you always know what it is. I really like that. I think it's it's definitely a good contrast, because while I don't have one here, the Xbox Series X is so minimalist. Yeah that this one definitely looks like oh this is cool this is next gen this is something new yeah i definitely agree with that i like everything that i've heard about the series x like the performance is great um it's just not as aesthetically pleasing as the last couple of xboxes to me i have a, a one x which again their names are terrible yeah um sitting here and i i think the one x is like the best looking xbox they've had just because it, it's so sleek it's nice there's no extra whatever like the original beefy xbox one it had that weird gloss front and then the like all that just stuff in the back of it where it's like you have the hdmi in out uh, ethernet and all these extra things you can plug in you got a cable whatever you can plug in your heart heart monitor here you got a life alert that charges there too <laughs> it it was just there was too much and i like that granted they took some of it out like there's no connect bar so that was the big one they took out and they even went better with the with the Series X, where it's literally just HDMI, the plug, and maybe an Ethernet cable. Done. Another thing, uh, just talking about last-gen designs, I feel like both companies realized pretty early on that doing a gloss finish on a console looks terrible after, like, two months, especially when it's on an exposed part of the system. Um, like with the PS4, where the... Uh, the original like top bit of the case was that glossy and the rest of it was matte like that part would get super scratched and nothing else would and i realized that the five has a bit of that gloss on it but it's inside these walls where nothing can ever really touch it um and plus it's surrounded by leds so it's like even if it was scratched it wouldn't be super hard to tell or super easy to tell my bad but um yeah, I think it's leaps and bounds better than the PS4 designs. I like the... I, I, I'll i say this. I like the PS4 slim design. Yeah, I, me I too. I think the original PS4, the weird trapezoid thing, was like, alright, like I get it, but like, eh. The PS4 Pro looks way too clunky. Yeah. Like, it looks... it Like, that one, like, 
The PS5 is big, but it, it kind of just looks like, I guess from where I'm looking at it, it looks slim. Mm -hmm. But the PS4 Pro just was beefy and big for no reason. Yeah, I think that might have been by design for some reason, just so that it could display that it does better by being bigger. I think a lot of it was too, is even even the PS4 Pro though had the fan problem of like, it sounded like a jet engine. Yeah. And uh, which we're sitting here now, like we can't hear the PS PS5 at all. It's mm -hmm. turned on. Granted, we're not playing any games, but even when you're playing like, and I can attest to this, you're playing games like Demon Souls or like Miles Morales game, especially games that are graphically intense, like playing Devil May Cry 5 on the the performance mode and the like super 8K whatever mode. I don't hear it. The only time you'll hear your PS5 is if you put a disc in, mm -hmm. and it has to install the disc. Other than that, I've not heard this thing at all. It is very quiet and it's good. Yeah, it's the same for me. I haven't had any noise from it at all besides putting in discs to install um but one thing that i have heard noises coming from is the dual sense controller um not because it's clunky or anything but because it has a built-in speaker the dual sense is probably my second favorite controller i can definitely get with that the the first being and i have both of them here is the the, the xbox one elite because it just feels so good to use. And I'm a fan of offset sticks. So that works for me. Um, but the DualSense is more than just like, oh, design-wise controller. It has functions that are different and so out there and weird. Um, everything in this controller works in tandem with each other. With the vibration functions and the tri adaptive triggers, the haptic feedback all of it works together in like this really cool way so like the, the ps and if you get a ps5 it's going to come with a game called astro's playroom mm -hmm. which is realistically just a tech demo for the, the controller but it's an actual pretty decent platformer with a lot of uh, sony easter eggs um but it's it shows you what this controller can do and it really makes you go man i hope these aren't just gimmicks yeah because right now it seems the adaptive triggers are the things people are using mm -hmm. but there's so much more this controller can do and you definitely are going to see the the sony titles do this but of i don't know I, I i don't know if like like you're not probably not going to see cyberpunk do it like call of duty black, uh, black ops apparently does it each gun has a different uh feel to it it's like it's a shotgun you feel that kick with the uh <clears throat> with the with the rumble and the the haptic stuff for like an SMG, you, if you hold it down, you can kind of feel it vibrate because mm. the gun's shooting bullets and stuff. So they certain games will do this, but I, I'm very worried. Well, I think it's really cool and it works really well with like Miles Morales and Demon Souls mm. and like even Devil May Cry Five. You can feel like the vibrations and everything else, like. I'm worried how many other people are going to actually use this function, like to its extent, because like Astro's Playroom showed so much it could do that I'm worried about like, well, is this going to be a gimmick for like the first, you know, year and then all of a sudden no one uses it? Or is it going to be like, no, this is the, this is one of the things, the reasons you buy a PS5. Yeah. Um, I feel like one good thing to compare it to is like the Nintendo Switch Joy-Con yeah actually um when the switch came out they had one two switch 
which was basically the demo that you had to pay $60 for um, Nintendo please take a note from Sony's book Astrobot just came straight with the console and it's a more fun experience than one two switch and even if you like even if you have a problem like I did where the update screwed itself up uh, it's free so you can go in if, if it's not installed in your PS5 you can go in and just install it and it's very it's a pretty small title too like I want to say it most like is it like 10 gigs Maybe yeah I that? think it I think it might be sub 10 um, but it's incredible to me that a game like that can come just free on a console like it looks amazing it's got so much heart put into it and like you said all the little easter eggs just celebrating the history of not just playstation but like gaming in general and like a lot of them are like hey they started on playstation but like they weren't like like sony wasn't like well you're not a playstation exclusive anymore so we can't touch you like no it's like you got metal gear stuff you got uh devil may cry easter eggs Mm -hmm. castlevania like castlevania was a, a nintendo title yeah yet they were like here you go the first one that ever came out on a playstation was the um I think it might have been Symphony of the Night, actually. And that was Alucard's game, right? Yeah. Yep. So there, there's a lot there. And then, yeah, like, as a platformer, I definitely would am super excited this is here versus Sackboy. Yeah, Sackboy, like... Okay, from from what I can tell, I've, I've done a bit more research on this. We, we, Me and BJ have talked about this before, and it is $60. It's not 70 But it's still... that I feel like that's too much. It's still $60 more than Astro's Playroom. Yeah, that's the thing. Astro's Playroom set that tone of, like... It's free. Mm -hmm. It's a polished, really well-made platformer. And fun. Like, again, there... Astro's Playroom felt like it was, like, just... There was so much to do. From what I can tell, Sackboy has moments of just walking. Like, to and from spots. Whereas... Astrobot doesn't have that. They have a little hub, and boom, you're in a level. And it's always go, 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 go. Until you beat the level. And it was like, that was, I was just having so much fun. But, um, you're never gonna, like, I don't know, Sackboy, I just think it's gonna fall to the wayside. Because, yeah, I think there is this level of, like, it's hard, it's hard for some people to spend 60 bucks on a platformer, I think. Like, Mario has recognition just for being Mario. Mm-hmm. But even then, I've been less inclined to pay for $60 for a Mario title unless it's, like, Odyssey or Mario Kart or Super Mario Maker, where it's, like, it's not just a standard platformer. Like, it's got more stuff. Like Mario Kart's obviously a kart racing game. Super Mario Odyssey is, like, 10 out of 10, one of the best games on the Switch. Oh, hands down. And then Mario Maker 2 was just... It, it's never ending the amount of stuff you can get in that game mm-hmm. so like that alone is worth the price but like i don't think i've paid like 60 bucks for a platformer since odyssey like outright just just because like i don't think i and again this is me, a me thing i don't think any of them are nearly worth it well another thing is a lot of platformers don't even charge 60 bucks these days when ukulele came out i think that was only at like 30 or 40 how much was a uh, Super Lucky's Tale? Super Lucky's Tale. Um, let me look up the original price because I think it was forty or fifty when it came out on Switch. Well, like, yeah, even that. And like, 
And then going down to like indie stuff, because like there's even like indie platformers that are like twenty to thirty dollars. Mm-hmm. It like it feels like sixty is too much for a platformer, especially when you're putting that up against uh, when when the fact that Spider-Man Miles Morales is twenty dollars cheaper than Sackboy, I feel like there's a problem. Yeah, I would I would be fine paying seventy dollars if it was Little Big Planet. And not generic platformer featuring a character that you know, not in the play style that you know him from. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably pay seventy bucks for a new Little Big Planet if that Little Big Planet was like top tier. Because I got like Little Big Planet three, and I'd love to see them actually do a Little Big Planet like four. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So um, I mentioned Miles Morales. Uh, have you gotten to touch Miles Morales at all? Or so I installed it. Um, I got the Ultimate Edition, so I've actually been trying to run through uh, Spider-Man Remastered because I never beat it originally. Um, but so far in Remastered, it seems to be running way better than the original ever did on my Slim. Um, and it just it looks way nicer. It seems more polished just in you know the way the characters move and everything. Um, and the load times are basically nothing. That was the thing I wanted to like rip to the guy who who did the load times because they're just like you apparently can't see those cool suit transitions and the yeah. whatever no they're just not there that's that's kind of sad i feel like they could have found some way to put those back in but like apparently uh so i didn't know this but apparently so you you bought the ultimate edition for miles morales you have the ps4 download for right. that game too really that, yeah so the ultimate edition comes with smiley miles morales ps5 the PS4 version and the old the remastered for Spider-Man. So apparently the PS4 version is just like the original Spider-Man. Loading screens with smiles doing cool stuff in between, you know, all this other whatever, like, you know. Sorry, there was a noise. Um I thought the house was on fire. Yeah, I thought I thought so too. We almost uh, I almost was going to stop the recording and be like, "Oh no, there's a fire. We got to go." All right, guys, have a sick day. <laughs> the house is burning down and we might die. Peace. Could you The I hope you know the first thing that I'm going for is my PS5. I just spent <laughs> 500 bucks on that thing. That's coming with me out of a house fire. I'll start grabbing all your anime statues. Okay, to be fair, I have like 5. <laughs> The rest are like Batman and Funko Pops. You said none of them are waifus, but you got a lot of Batman. I think Batman might be your waifu. Alright, look. Billionaire philanthropist Bruce Wayne is a handsome man. You shut your mouth. <laughs> that jawline though. That's why it's it's why I'm I'm as much as I think the new Batman trailer looks dope. I don't know, man. Robert Pattinson, you gotta work on that. You gotta work on that jaw. We can't do DC stuff again. No, we can't. <laughs> we'll do a podcast about DC stuff at some point, just just for it. But start another podcast alongside this one. This is the Batman podcast. <laughs> this is the one where we talk like Batman. Look, we got onto Spider-Man and we went to Batman, so it's a natural progression. Yeah, I mean they're pretty similar play styles. So, but so you you've gotten to play remastered. Um, all in all pretty much a step up from the original yeah at least in performance i mean the original was a great game and um controls story character design everything um it just feels like remastered touches up on a game that was already pretty damn close to perfect did the uh 
they have the haptics, hap, bleh, hap, haptic feedback for the swinging and stuff on the remastered or no? They do. Um, it took me a while to notice it just because when I'm swinging around, I'm like, I have to look cool. I have to focus. Um, but once I just like got into the groove of like just absentmindedly swinging between places, you can really feel like when he attaches to something and lets it go. Um, so it's really cool and it adds to the immersion of the game. So I'm glad you got to play remaster because this is going to make my mini review for Miles Morales uh, better. I am almost done with Miles Morales. I have, like, I want to say, like, one more mission or two. Like, I'm at the very end. Mm -hmm. Miles Morales, gameplay-wise, is a step up from the first one. The swing feels more natural. The combat is great because they've added in, you know, Miles has, like, bioelectricity powers as well. Right. So he has more to offer. He has a camouflage as well. So, like, doing stealth is way more fun as well. Even though I love the combat enough that I just have said screw stealth a lot. Because it's so fun to just go in and beat multitudes of thugs down. Um, the open world is great. I think they did a really good job. Um, again, this is nowhere near the amount of content that the first game is, and that's fine. The the side stuff obviously are not that hard. Like it's it's still more of the fun stuff. Like they didn't do the screwball or whatever that per the one's name and. Spider-Man, where it's just like, oh, I hate these yeah, these side missions. Um, but yeah, all, all in all, solid, solid gameplay, solid world. The problem is the story. And only because this game is short. You could feel this game... F Again, I don't know, and unless Insomniac says otherwise, this game feels like it was going to be a DLC. I mean, I think it definitely was... Um I think it was probably going to be DLC, and then they were like, PS5 is coming out in like two weeks, and they were like, oh, we gotta make this its own thing. But, um, I expected the story to suffer a bit, um, just because it kind of feels like the filler until the next Spider-Man game. Well, even then, like, the character-wise, I like it. Like, Miles' mom, Genki, uh, Miles himself, Uncle Aaron, um... Oh, I love Uncle Harry. Yeah. Uh, Finn, his, one of his childhood best friends, shows up. She's cool. All the characters are cool. The problem is, is it really... Miles Morales could have used the entire length of Spider-Man PS4. Yeah. Because there are times where you meet a new character. Two scenes later, what are you doing? <laughs> Wait, what? Th you're, you're this? You're a bad guy? Or you do this? What? Why? Where's the motivation? Oh, well, they'll tell you that later. Yeah. But it, it happens immediately after and you're like oh this is this is moving at a breakneck pace like you're going fast mm. and it, it feels jarring because like yeah like you'll you'll meet a character and then boom the whatever their their arc story whatever is done in like the next scene because hey we, we got let's go keep moving quick 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 because they gotta fit an entire story in like 10 hours right but and that that's the one problem is because there are times where I don't buy the motivations because I don't care. Um, the only characters that I think are fleshed out enough is Miles, which again, great, it's his game. Genki, his best friend, and his mom, and only because Genki get because Genki's just fun, and so you kind of get that. But mm. because Miles and his mom had character development in the previous game, yeah. So you already know. 
where they're going and things like that. Even Peter, like when Peter shows up in the beginning of the game to be like, I'm your mentor, Miles. He's way more, he's better attuned than most of the other characters. And again, it's because he's, it's because I know where he is in this point in time and I know where he's going. Mm -hmm. You know, it's him and MJ, they're trying to fix their stuff. You know, he's going to be a photographer with her out of state. It's cool. I, I will say this game has hype moments though um getting the suit like the black and red suit is so cool yeah like it, it like it, i guess slight spoilers but it goes from like miles and genki like testing stuff and like doing that you just see like he runs past the building goes back to the the building stage you see a swing swing go by and then all of a sudden it just boom it throws you out there and it's got this this song playing and you're just like so good <laughs> they again insomniac knows how to do that they know hype yeah they and they know how to get like from what i so where i'm at now in the story they are they're kind of pulling at, you're pulling at your heartstrings a bit they're kind of going okay hold on and again i the internet's the worst so i've been kind of spoiled but apparently the ending is like reminiscent to like spider-man 2 or like um some of like the really good spider-man comics of like new yorkers stick together type stuff yeah and i'm like i want to see that yeah I, i'm so excited to get to that but um that's that's i'm excited to see that it's it's a good game I, it's definitely a game that if you're buying a ps5 it's a recommendation especially because it's 40 dollars. if you have the extra cash to get the ultimate edition do it if you haven't played spider-man ps4 i definitely agree with that um everyone that i've talked to that has bought a ps4 ps4 a ps5 um they've all picked up miles morales and demon souls demon souls is phenomenal i haven't started it yet i have it installed it's ready to go um but i'm trying to like power through spider-man as fast as i possibly can while also doing genshin stuff i i would recommend and again this may be blasphemy to say but i would take a break from genshin and have demon souls be that kind of side game because that's what i'm using it as i'm playing i'm kind of going ham with devil may cry and spider-man and demon souls is kind of that like okay i want to just like knock this out for a little bit keep mm -hmm. going and then once i get to a point where i just start getting upset at demon souls because it's, it's a souls game yeah i then move to spider-man and Devil May cry to go oh yay happy times again i can finally win yeah right <laughs> go from demon souls where every enemy is stronger than you to go to devil may cry we're going i'm gonna wreck the floor with all these things five seconds ago you were the pixel that made up this monster i'm gonna kick your ass now but uh no demon souls is beautiful like oh my gosh like i don't i don't have a 4k tv and even i can tell the difference of like oh this is gorgeous the you can immediately tell the ps5 is this powerhouse of a console because yeah yeah they're they're pushing it like that what they're doing with this is so insane because like it's like also like I'm trying to think were there loading screens like actually like I don't think there really was one like you I, I don't remember seeing like a loading screen of like here's this item description you know haha, whatever yeah. no it's just straight up like boom done you're in the game fight survive and then um I, I, I should mention this with with this Miles Morales but the startups for these games Mm -hmm. Just boom, PlayStation Studios, and then right in the game. Yeah. Like, no preamble. You're there. Have fun. Um, 
Oh, like, it's so gorgeous. The gameplay is, again, more soul stuff. It's on the more easier side. Like, I would say Bloodborne's harder. And Dark Souls 3 is harder. Mm -hmm. But this is still good. And again, I and I think that's more due to the fact that Bluepoint is doing it and not FromSoft. Right. So, Bluepoint, obviously, while they, they know how to remake a game, Shadow Colossus is great. Yeah, we, uh, I could go on for hours about Shadow of the Colossus. That is an amazing remake. I'm, I want Bluepoint to remake everything at this point, just because, uh, yeah, I, I just thought of this, and I will happily, if it's a PlayStation exclusive, I'll happily buy it, no, my Xbox notwithstanding, get Bluepoint to remaster Devil May Cry 1. Oh man, that would be insane. Like, and like, use the RE engine, have Capcom come in with it, even if you have to kind of redo the story a little bit, I'd love to see Bluepoint tackle that, because I feel like they could. I mean, they definitely could, and they have an engine that's set up just for this kind of thing now, so it would be super easy. And I'm sure I haven't, you know, gotten super deep into DMC5, but I'm sure they already have that model somewhere of DMC1 Dante. They probably do. I mean, how many mo how many outfits do they give Claire and Leon in two? That's fair. Yeah. So they, they probably experimented and then decided not to, because, yeah, there's only, like, two colors in DMC, which is upsetting. But um, yeah, no, uh, Demon Souls is great. If you're into that Soulsborne stuff, it's an immediate recommendation. Um, I, I highly recommend it. I think I think it's it's one of the better games that have, it's definitely one of my favorite games of this year. Because the its atmosphere, music, everything about that game works well t together. So I I just I like it. It's really good. So you should you should definitely play it, and the haptic stuff on that game is really interesting too. So, um, one of my favorite things that that really sold me on the haptic feedback stuff is I, an arrow whizzed by my character's head, and the the controller it whizzed by the right side of my character's head, and the controller rumbled on the right side, and you hear the whoosh on the controller. That's sick. And I was like, yo, that's so cool. And it's like everything they do is so it's so cool, like. Demon Souls is, in my opinion, like the best launch title you could have gotten for the PS5. I agree with that. I would say it would be Miles, but after hearing about the length, like Demon Souls on the length. That's oh, so good. Um, other than that, I mean, I don't think we've played many of the other launch titles. Like, granted, I, I played Assassin's Creed on the Xbox, but I didn't play Godfall. You heard anything about that one? I haven't even heard about anyone picking it up. Um... I, I might try it eventually, but right now, like, nothing's drawing me to that at all. Yeah, I mean, it's just Destiny, but a hack and slash. Yeah, I mean, I can't even keep up with Destiny, so what's going to get me into another live service like that? Actually, we might get you into Destiny, because the uh, podcast idea for future listeners, Landon, our editor, is a huge Destiny fan, to the point where he knows the lore really well so me and him had this idea and i'm gonna run by you of he comes on the podcast and just schools us on the entire lore of destiny i think that would be fun i'm i'm a little bit into the destiny lore i've only played two but um i did quite a bit of research when i was super into that game so you do the opposite and go all right landon here's the kingdom hearts lore <laughs> from the first <laughs> game we'll see which one's more confusing um so yeah, I want to I want to say other than that, I mean, the only other game I've been playing was Devil May Cry Five, 
And again, Devil May Cry 5 came out on last-gen consoles. I want to say, was it last year? 2019? Um, was it March? I think so. Yeah, so roughly about a, almost two years since its initial release. Um, it's good. It's still good. It, like It was 2019 because Astral Chain was the same year. Okay, yeah. That just oh, yeah, had its one year action anniversary. Game, yeah. Oh, yeah, it did. Mm-hmm. Another good birthday, game. birthday, Astral Chain. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to, uh, oh, what was it I just saw the other day? Uh, Mass Effect. The first oh, yeah, one. Yeah, I the saw first that. One. Yeah, the first Mass Effect. Uh, Finally announced that trilogy. I'm so excited. I hope it's not just an, a visual upgrade. Like, I hope they do some work. Even if it's just the fucking 360 games, like... I'll I'll play those for sure. I'm gonna buy it. It's a Mass Effect. Yeah. I'm gonna replay it because it's gonna be on PS5 and Series X. So I'm gonna get it on my PS5 and Series X at some point. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's like I'm excited. I hope I hope it's really good. Like the pro- the problem is we've been spoiled with like Resident Evil 2 yeah. and like Final Fantasy 7 remake and like just all these fin- like Demon Souls. Yeah. All these great remasters that like make it feel like a brand new game that I feel like any any like thing that tries and doesn't hit that mark is just like, ah, oh, man, it's not good. Like it could be the same game and, and that game could be good. But you're now comparing this remake to the other ones that have been top tier gold level. I hope it's good. I I think it will be. Yeah, well, on something that was not so good. So, uh, I have a couple gripes with the PlayStation 5. I figured we'd go ahead and get those out the way and then we can start talking about some more stuff like the future and everything else. Plus, we want to see, like, the, uh, you know, the usual stuff. But, uh, I, my, so my main gripe, and I have the PlayStation 5 open for BJ to see, but when you're on, uh, when you're on the console, you know, like here I am, like, oh, Genshin Impact, cool. I want to see how 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 much that's downloading. I press the PlayStation button, and this pops up first. Mm-hmm. It's the Explore tab. Now, normally this isn't like that big of a deal, but the problem I have with it is that I go right here. It should push me to this. I want to be here, not here. Yeah. Where they can then show me and go, hey, we want to sell you stuff. And this is just me personally, but I, I like less ads on my home consoles. I mean, yeah, you paid 500 bucks for this thing. Stop trying to sell me stuff. I'll buy what I want to buy. Um, but yeah, so in, in, again, you don't have to click it. It's it's just another arrow down and then boom, you're, you're where you want to go. But again, it's just, I don't know. This is one of the things that I think that I'm going to have to use the UI as it feels cluttered in I certain areas f- like this. I feel like if it would just start your cursor down there i wouldn't have a problem with it at all yeah it's if it started there and then i could go up there and go oh hey what's this because like yeah i was actually kind of interested like was that elder scrolls and i I clicked it it was elder scrolls online but yeah it's um it's very it's it's something to get used to and i feel like i will it's not like that big of a deal one thing i i do not like and you'll see this bj what's the first thing you noticed when i pulled up if it wants to go. What's the first thing you notice when I pull up Dumb Cry 5? Microtransaction yeah. tab. Yeah. It's the biggest thing on the screen. It really is. The first thing they show you 
Obviously, you have your play button. You got the Devil May Cry 5. Cool. But right there in big, big detail is, hey, you can buy red orbs for $2. Yeah, um, I just want to point out that the advertisement for a microtransaction of $2 is larger than the title of the game. And it covers the art of the title card for the game. I can't see Dante, half of Dante and Nero on this screen. This is the problem. And again, for Devil May Cry 5, it's like, whatever. You don't have to buy those. You can get red orbs so easily in that game. Yeah. But... But that makes it worse in, for me. In a, in a game that does have my... Like, I don't have Assassin's Creed Valhalla in here, but imagine if I put it in here and you see the Helix credit logo. Or you put in Destiny and here's your silver. Or you put in Division or Anthem or any of these games that have hella microtransactions and that's gonna be the first thing you see mm-hmm. because that's what they want you to see yeah that is a problem i have now i'd be it'd be different if it wasn't microtrans like obviously this is a good idea if microtransactions weren't a thing like if boom like if i put up uh final fantasy 7 remake and let's say they did a dlc they put hey here's the new dlc in case you want it that'd yeah. be well, that'd be one thing but that's not how it works instead there's a big old microtransaction logo of oh you can buy these red orbs these in-game items that you can get yourself or you can use real world money to get them faster that's something that i feel like they definitely uh went for a downgrade on versus the ps4 because when you go to a game tab and you scroll down the first thing you see is like community videos and stuff from other people that are actually playing the game that's stuff that i might actually want to see and then um, there's a little taskbar on the side that says, oh, well, here's some DLC if you might want that. Um, you know, things along that line. But the first thing it'll pull up is, like, videos of other people playing it. Um, but here, it is literally just the microtransaction. <laughs> now, I'd like to point out, this is the only ge- I, this is the only game that does this, because out of all the games I have currently installed, Devil May Cry 5 is the only one that offers this. And I, I want to say it's probably Capcom. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised that. if this is a thing that the developers have an option for. It brings into question, can they design their own homepage for each game? Because I, I obviously it's there in the code because it's here. We're seeing it. Yeah. I want to know if like if EA does FIFA, am I going to see ultimate card points or whatever or my team, whatever they do? And that's all you're going to see. And is it going to be the cheapest one or is it going to be like the biggest, like, oh, hey, a hundred bucks now and yeah. you get this many things. So, yeah, that that is one of my other gripes. And again, it's not a gripe of like the PS5, more so just it's here. And I, I, I feel like it's going to be a developer by developer case. Yeah, I, I think you're right on that. We'll just have to see when more things come out. Another thing that, that this does, um, and again, I have the sound down because, you know, I can't just put my mic up to the TV, but all of these games, I want to say except Bloodborne, which again, it's just game by game basis, have music that plays when you highlight them. Yeah, that's a that's really cool, actually. Um, I haven't played it yet, but I've scrolled over it quite a few times and I've actually left it idling on Miles Morales before just because that, that little beat, that beat it's is so, so sick. Um, but yeah, no, they, they have all this stuff. Like, Astro's Playroom has it. You've got Sp- my, uh, the Spider-Man one. I don't think 7 Remake has it. Maybe I haven't one. installed 7 Remake on mine yet. But um, all of them have it. Like, Devil May Cry 5 just plays Devil Trigger, which is cool. That's it. Um, but yeah, so 
that's I guess a good thing as opposed to this microtransaction thing. Another problem I have with this, and again, it's this is something I'm just gonna have to get used to. When I go to my game library, oh, I hate this thing. When I go to my <laughs> game library, right? So you see your collection, right? Right. How many does it say I have? 164. I don't. Let's scroll all the way down to the bottom of this list. There's about 130 of those unlocked. Paragon doesn't exist anymore. I downloaded that when I first got my PS4 because it was free. I haven't owned the Tomb Raider Definitive Edition for PS4 in years. Why is this showing up on my on my console? It's like that thing where it's like you go to donate blood one time and then they email you for the next 10 years. So this is pretty much, if you've ever put anything into a PlayStation system before, it's going to show up here. Like for PS4 and this one. And it's a little annoying because, again, I'm, I'd be cool with it like, if they were digital downloads that I could re-download. But these are games that are locked because I don't have a disc. Yeah. And I don't have these discs anymore. I don't have Mortal Kombat X on my PS4 anymore. I don't have Final Fantasy Typo anymore. See, I just assumed they were locked because they weren't compatible yet. No. No, because see, let's just go here. I, I go Batman Arkham Knight. I go View Product. Oh, it's in the PlayStation Plus collection. You can, get, you can download it. Get rid of that lock. Yeah, so get rid of that unlock. But, like, it's that thing of, like, oh, you can view the product. I go to, I want to say Yakuza 0. Same thing. View product. Hey, you pay for it for 20 bucks. Okay, well, that actually alleviates one concern of mine. Because I thought it was just showing everything that I'd ever owned. But these locks meant that we haven't updated it to be compatible yet. But you can see it. No, there's there's only a handful that are aren't uh, I, I thought they were just going to do them in waves because after the Afro Samurai 2 thing, I was like, okay, well, that one will never be, but... No, it's, uh, they're all ready. Certain ones, like, on PlayStation uh, near Automata, uh, it says, this PS4 game isn't playable on PS5, uh, but you can I can go to get a playable version, and it's there. That's really weird. The thing is... The backwards compatible version of Nier Automata digitally is the Game of Yora version. So I'm assuming... I don't know, if you didn't get the other one? I don't know how that works. I want to do a bit more, more stuff here, but... I'll have to insert my disc when I get home and see what it does. But yeah, so certain certain things will have like a just... Oh no, you can't play this. But yeah, like it shows me games that I haven't played in years. Like, I haven't, ha I haven't owned Dead Rising 2. Since I got it, since like I had a PS4, yeah, I I bought Final Fantasy XII on launch, and I, I I have it in my drawer here, but I haven't used it. Like all of these games I've played years ago, mm -hmm. Battlefront One, Battlefront One, Metro Redux, Skyrim, Dragon Ball Xenoverse. I can re-download Undertale, which is cool, but Shovel Knight, Prey. Some of these, like, the ones I can re-download, I'd be super cool with. Like, having Psychonauts and Undertale and, like, The Sims just, hey, you can re-download these again. Cool. I don't want these locked ones here. Yeah. They, it, again, this, this is my thing with PS5. It feels like there's more clutter here. I think that's probably due to them 
wanting to make it feel more fleshed out. Like at launch, it just has to show you everything that you've ever had. But um, I think they're due for like a UI update in the near future that takes away some of these gripes. And again, it, this this might be something I just have to get used to because again, I can on my game library I can sort stuff. I shouldn't have to. Yeah. Like I shouldn't have to get rid of some of those, but I do, and it's it's a bit weird. I I will say. The installed tab is fine. Like, it's got all your games here. I do wish they took off that PlayStation Hits logo. Yeah, that looks it's, really bad. It's so annoying. Um, you can see your PlayStation Plus games you have and all that stuff. Which, actually, I want to talk about that. Friday the 13th? No, the PS Plus collection. Oh. So, Xbox has been basically hammering how they have the biggest backwards compatibility, like library and like oh on the playstation or on the xbox you have the biggest launch lineup technically ever because it's everything xbox mm -hmm. sony i'm assuming had a way to combat that with hey if you have playstation plus you have 20 games you can download immediately and start playing that are on the ps4 that were must-haves or must plays from art from the previous generation and for the most part yeah they're all great I I would the only ones that I would probably say eh to would really just be Last Guardian and Battlefield One. See, I wouldn't even say the Last Guardian after playing Shadow of the Colossus. I'm very interested in picking that up, and I'm gonna do it through the service. But it is a taste thing between each person. For those who don't know, the PlayStation Plus collection. So PlayStation Plus is Sony's subscription or like online service you pay monthly for. It's ten. Uh, plus? It's, it's ten a month if you do it by month. Okay. But if you do it by a year, it's sixty four a year. Yeah, which I think is what I have. Yeah, that's what I do as well. Yeah. Much better deal. But uh, basically, the PS Plus collection is twenty games. The games that they include are Crash Bandicoot: The Insane Trilogy, God of War, Mortal Kombat X, Fallout Four, Final Fantasy. Uh, I was almost at sixteen. Fifteen, the Royal Edition. I wish. I the Last Guardian, Battlefield 1, Persona 5, Resident Evil 7, Monster Hunter World, Call of Duty Black Ops 3, Days Gone, Detroit Become Human, Uncharted 4, Arkham, Batman Arkham Knight, Ratchet & Clank, Last of Us, Remastered, Bloodborne, Until Dawn, and Infamous Second Son. That is a heavy hitter like lineup of here's games you just have. Yeah, that is a big lineup um, of really good AAA titles. It... I wonder if they're going to just add more on top of these or if they'll be switching them out. I, I, I want to say they just keep them. I mean, that would be best for them. Because They've like, already made their money off of all of these games. You know, like, I want to say the newest one out of all these, I want to say is Days Gone? Uh, yeah. Like, I, I want to say, yeah, that's the most recent. Um... Is day, yeah, I want to say it's Days Gone. And even then, like that that game, it's probably the, the weakest of the PlayStation exclusives, like of the big Sony first-party titles, but it's still good. Yeah, it's pretty quality for what it is. A lot of game studios couldn't do what that game does. And yeah, like, and I, I will say this, this gives you a lot of, of more. So like when you get a PlayStation, obviously, oh, I'm, I'm going to buy Miles Morales or I'm going to buy Demon's Souls. Mm -hmm. Well, now you also have a fighting game with Mortal Kombat. Now you have a platform with Crash Bandicoot. There you go. Another reason not to buy Sackboy. <laughs> you have Crash. 
Um, you have three crash games for free. Yeah, so like, there you go. You have no reason. To, no, again, I don't know if Sackboy's good or not. I haven't played it, but sixty bucks. Yeah. When Astrobot and Crash are free. But you have RPGs with Final Fantasy 15 and Fallout and Persona 5, one of the best JRPGs that have come out in the past few years. Mm-hmm. Granted, it's not the Royal Edition for Persona 5, but still. Right. I the mean, base game is still, is still really good. a beefy game. Oh, yeah. Like, that's a, if you want to, that can be over a 300-hour game. I don't know if you really want to, but, you know. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't either. I don't. I I don't have that much time anymore. With but how much if I you're work. if you're a person that just has the money for a PlayStation Five, maybe one game and a year PlayStation Plus, this gives you a lot to play for a long time. It is something that I, I've griped about Microsoft because I wish there was a way to buy Game Pass Ultimate for a year yeah. instead of just like uh like I think the most you can get is like five months. Yeah, I've only ever seen three month cards for oh, it myself. Right. I think three months, but. Like, getting people to subscribe to Game Pass for longer should be one of their biggest priorities. Because the thing is, they just want people to use the service, but now that you have people who are into it, if you give an option of, like, here's a bit of a discount for a year, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd, I'd absolutely do it. And that'd be, I'd pay annually. Every year, i just let it go. Yeah. And then if I ever want to, to quit, you know, I can. But, like, yeah, like, I have, I've, I got PlayStation Plus because I wanted to play Fall Guys, and I just said, here's 60 bucks. Yeah. Games like that really drive subscriptions. And now when you have 20, like, actually really good games. Again, I I can't speak for Last Guardian or Battlefield 1. Mm -hmm. I haven't played those. But everything else on here I have touched and played at least once. And all of them have quality to them. Even if, like, like Fallout 4, sure, it's not the best Fallout game. It's still a pretty decent open world, you know, RPG. Oh, yeah, for sure. Another thing about this library that I'm noticing now is, like... I think services like this and uh, Game Pass give you a lot wider of a horizon. Like, I feel like a lot of my friends that just play, like, Call of Duty every year, um, they stick with that because it's what they know and they don't want to pay for something that's untested. But if they're playing Call of Duty every year and they have PlayStation Plus, like, they can try these for free and see about other games that they might like. Yeah, you know, off rip. It's like, hey, you you want to play the new Call of Duty? Let's say you, you know Black Ops is, you know, you you just been losing the past few weeks and you rage quit. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. The closest thing to an FPS you have here is Call of Duty Black Ops Three, Battlefield One, and then Fallout Four. Mm-hmm. Well, let's say you know what? Screw it. I want to play Fallout Four because it's an art. It's an FPS. I'm decent at those, but it's not a multiplayer one. Yeah. And there you go. You're now in on Fallout Four. And then you play Fallout Four, and you're like, wow, I really like these uh, RPG mechanics. That'll take you to Final Fantasy 15. And then Persona 5. <laughs> and then you're now stuck. Yep. Now you're a weeb. Congratulations. But, like, there's a lot, like, you, like yeah, like, already, like, if you if you can buy this, like, PlayStation Plus, on launch, you'll have a fighting game, a platformer, RPGs, um, open world titles, puzzle games. Stealth game. Stealth horror game. Horror and you'll have two Souls games. Mm-hmm. You'll have narrative-driven experiences like Detroit and Last of Us. Until Dawn and Detroit. Oh, yeah, Until Dawn and Detroit, like yeah. The, uh, the, the choose your own adventure type yeah. stuff, yeah. It's like there's a lot here. And I, I think that, that needs to be said. Like, yeah, this is a great... It's a really good lineup. starting point. 
And yeah, I, to your to your point, I'd love to see them add more or like even switch out occasionally. Just go, hey, we're switching out Batman Arkham Knight for Ghost of Tsushima this month. Just to say, here you go. Like, I'd actually love if the PlayStation Plus collection just turns into, hey, here's all the exclusives for the PS4 that you missed. Man, that would be amazing. But uh, yeah, I think so. That was another uh, plus for me because I think that's just really good. No pun intended. I didn't think about that. <laughs> Shut up. Um, other than that, I want I want to say for the most part, I I haven't touched PS now because streaming. And I, don't I don't have see internet. any reason to touch it, and I probably never will. I mean, even now, like, oh wow, that's blurry as hell. Hey, look, they got Resident Evil Seven on PlayStation now. Why not just pay for Plus? Yeah, and why get not it for free? Plus? The only game on here that I'd I'd actually wanted is MK9, and even then, MKX is on here. Yeah, featuring Jason Voorhees. Yeah, so just get MKX. Mm-hmm. Oh, there goes my PS5. It it was loading the PlayStation Now subscription site. <laughs> um, but no, like um. Yeah, all in all, solid system. Also, I will say another another plus. Games and media are two separate tabs. That is a big one. So, like, if you want to do your media and you watch your movies and whatnot, it's there. It's got its own thing. You're good. If you want to play your games, they're all on their own thing. Which is massive for my family because uh, I play games in my living room. We have one TV. We only have really space for one TV. So all of my consoles and our cable box are hooked into this one space. We don't have a Blu-ray player anymore because dedicated Blu-ray players are pretty much just garbage. Um, so whenever my family wants to watch a movie from Redbox or whatever, we go to the consoles. So having that media tab that you can just switch over to, watch Netflix, Hulu, Disney+, Plus, all this stuff, and DVDs, like that's massive for them, the people that don't use it to play games at all. I could see this becoming a thing too, like for, cause yeah, like this, this would be perfect for like the family too. Yeah. Cause like if let's say you were like, you have kids and you like, Hey, I want to get a console cause I really want to play games again. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. Well now you can, and you also have that media tab of like, Hey, this is where my kids can chill and watch their kid show on Netflix. And then they're good. Um, other than, uh, another big plus, and I think you'll agree with me. The PlayStation Store is not its own app. It's just in the UI. Yeah, that's incredibly smooth, and it makes me not regret like ever trying to look for something on the store. There is one problem I have with it. There's no sale tab. Yeah, I so think... I, I can't see what's on sale, and that is my one problem. That's definitely going to have to be amended at some point, yeah. especially with Black Friday coming up. Like They always do deals. They're going to have to do that. And who knows, maybe they will now, like, well, obviously with Black Friday and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, right now there's no sale tab, even though there are sales for PS4 games right now. Yeah, I, um, the first game that I actually bought when I got the 5 was Gravity Rush 2. I mentioned that, that the original was one of my top five favorites, um, but I never played 2, and it was half off on there. And I just happened to stumble across it on the PS5 store by accident because there's no like sale tab for me to be like, oh, what's on sale? Let me see what's going on. It was just pure luck on that. Other than that, I, I the store has a nice thing. Like the what's hot tab is pretty good. So they're going to have like the biggest game. Had a couple things here and there. So like for this, it's Assassin's Creed Valhalla. You got bug snacks and 
Devil May Cry 5. Hey, look, it's the PlayStation Plus collection. Mm-hmm. Watch Dogs Legion. The Pathless. And then they have a coming soon tab, which gets me excited because... Uh, excuse me. I went through this. There's Final Fantasy 16. Mm-hmm. Resident Evil Village. Ghostwire. Ghostwire Tokyo, which looks amazing. Yes. Um, Hogwarts Legacy. I don't know what Hood Outlaws and Legends are, but that looks cool. Tim Tim, the Pokemon killer, apparently, <laughs> is is here. I didn't know that that was coming to PS5. I didn't either. Now it is. Um, but it, this, that Stray Cat game. Oh, I'm very excited for that. I was hoping that would be a, a launch title because I was like, that's a day one purchase for me. Um, but like, yeah, they actually show you a good amount of like what's coming soon. I love and that they put- they don't hide it. Like it's just boom here. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, there you go. Here's and it's it's a good indication of here's what you can look for. And some of them have actually have um, little timers. Like Hitman Three is coming out soon. Deathloop has a release date now for mm-hmm. May. I want to say it's in May. And uh, like, yeah, they actually have like, it's awesome. Like, I think it's a really smart decision too. I just want to say that every time I see that. Forbidden West tab and Aloy with the giant bird. Like, that makes me so excited. I just started, uh, well, I just realized that they made a comic series out of Horizon. They did? Yeah. Yo. The art is incredible, and I'm going to send you some pictures later. But, um, like, I'm just so excited to play that game. That The original side swiped me so hard. Um, it came out the week that Zelda did and the Switch. And I was working two days a week back when that happened. So I was like, okay, well, this looked really cool, but I'll never play it now. Um, And then they made it free on Plus a while back. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll give it a try. And it absolutely floored me with how good it was. Ashley Birch is a voice actress. Like, dude, you went from Tiny Tina to the lead in one of PlayStation's like biggest titles. That is so sick. Like her, her journey from like doing like the Hey Ash, what you playing series on YouTube mm-hmm. to now this, it's insane. But like, I have such a special like, I don't even know this person, but I have such a like heartfelt connection with them one sidedly, because when I was a kid, I would watch those Hey Ash, what you playing videos. They were really good. That was the only Professor Layton content that I saw anyone make or talk about for like 10 years. So I was like, these people, they understand me. So hearing her in a game, like you can just tell that she's passionate about it. Did did she win an award for this game or was it, uh, was it, an, or no? No, it was the, uh, the Hellblade uh, girl. Yeah. Yeah, she won. Which that game, also really good. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what they do with the sequel to that one. It was a really interesting take on a like a mental health story. So it's one of those few games that you have to play with headphones on. Like you cannot play it in like a speaker system or whatever. Like having those voices so close to you yeah. is so creepy and real. It's so it cements that. That actually brings up to my thing. So for the most part, I think we're done with PS5 talk. Unless there's anything else you want to m- mention. No, I just had to shoehorn in that horizon talk because i I love it so much horizon's great um i actually wanted to talk about because right here is death loop um we mentioned it a little bit before but death loop is a game by bethesda or published by bethesda but it's by arcane studios right bethesda is a company that was recently bought for 7.5 
billion dollars by Microsoft. Which is more than Star Wars sold for. That still baffles me to this day. Yeah. George Lucas did that for like $5 and a half a sandwich <laughs> compared to that. Microsoft gave their kidney for Bethesda. <laughs> well, realistically, okay, Microsoft is a trillion dollar company. so they're, It's got it's, billions of kidneys. Yeah, so they're fine. Um, what's one kidney? Exactly. And apparently they were in the running for TikTok, which was like, I think, 40 bill. Wow. So, so yeah, they, they have money. But so the reason I wanted to kind of mention this a little bit, and I wanted to get your input on. What do you really think is going to happen with Bethesda titles? Do you think we'll see some PS5 games at least for a little bit? Or do you think it's going to go hard like after Ghostwire? Boom. No more. So I know for a fact that Deathloop and Ghostwire had already had their contracts for uh, distribution signed and finalized before this deal went through. Anything after this that hasn't, you know, been finalized with the distribution and publishing, I think is going to be Xbox One exclusive all the way. Um, And I think a lot of that is going to be Sony's fault because they keep trying to you know, buy up all these exclusives, and um, I think Microsoft is, you know, it's about time for them to return the favor. I think my my view of it is, because apparently there was an article that came out that Sony was trying to buy the exclusive rights to Starfield. Interesting. So, um, I think what what I want to happen is everybody should be able to play the games. I don't want exclusives to, like, be taken away. Mm-hmm. However... Your boy wants Final Fantasy 16 on his Xbox. And I can't get that anymore. I so do not care one iota about Final Fantasy on Xbox. Let me put it this way. I'm I'm that guy where the entire reason... <coughs> you done? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the entire reason I, I moved to X- the Xbox ecosystem was backwards compatibility. Mm-hmm. Because my brain just does not like the fact that I can have one game on one system, but the other ones on the on the other. Well, I I definitely see that side of it actually. So like so for me it, it like I had Andromeda, Mass Effect Andromeda on the PS4, but I had the trilogy on the Xbox. So I had to get the Xbox One version at some point. I had Fallout New Vegas and Fallout Three on the Xbox, but I had Fallout Four on the PS4. So I had to get the Xbox One eventually. Like that was my thing. So that's why I moved to the Xbox was I liked everything in a neat little row. Also, the Xbox One title cases are all gray and just have the logo. Yeah. It looks so nice. It does look really nice. It's very concise. Except for Yakuza 7. Exciting to be different. <laughs> and Red Dead uh, 2. That one's red, and I hate it. Um, but but it's also dead. <laughs> 2. It's dead times 2. <laughs> but uh, whereas PlayStation, you know, all of them have, like, the artwork and the different things. And it's, it's cool, but, like, some of them just kind of look weird. So I, but, uh, oh sorry, no, you're good. Um, I definitely like the Xbox approach to it, but like my favorite thing in my Switch library is that they're all uniform, and mm-hmm. then it's like uh, Dark Siders with the black spine. Like that game feels so much more special to me because that's like the only one that's different. So I think a little bit of variety every now and again is really cool. But when every case looks so drastically different, like it kind of loses its effect on the PS4. But yeah, 
Um, uh, that's kind of my thing. So from that perspective, maybe, maybe part of me just kind of goes, uh, maybe you know, let, let me have uh, let me have this. Let me let me have Elder Scrolls Six as mine mm-hmm. on my Xbox because I already have Oblivion and Skyrim and Morrowind on there. So Six is going there anyway. But if you're gonna take Final Fantasy Sixteen away from my away from Final away from where I have Final Fantasy Fifteen installed, then you know, hey. But uh, no, I th- I think realistically you might see certain games because right now Microsoft doesn't own them. They're still going through the process of signing everything because 7.5 billion is a lot of money. It's a big deal. So I think they said probably mid next year. So probably like I want to say I think they said earliest is March, but then like the latest would be like June, July. I mean, all these big Bethesda games are three years away at least. So well, so I was gonna say so like certain things like obviously Deathloop and Ghostwire are their big ones, but like Bethesda does an E3 conference. Mm-hmm. So what's stopping them from going and hey, here's our conference this year. We're gonna announce three things that come out this year. I think that should be their first step is just to nuke the Bethesda E3 conference and absorb it into like 30 minutes of Microsoft. Oh, that'd be the easiest like just dub like you. Know, well, no, okay, I will say this. I kind of like the Bethesda. Oh, well, I did the last one where it's like the cheering crowd. They obviously paid that even they couldn't uh, clap for Commander Keem. I hate Bethesda. Th- Bethesda E3 conferences more than I hate Kingdom Hearts 3. Wow. <laughs> was it, it sucks too because they had such a good first one. Yeah, where, the first one was where boom, baller. Fallout 4. And you're like, ah. And then every single one after that just peed into my open mouth. Oh, the Doom one was alright. Well, was that the same one? Wasn't it the same one? That's probably where they announced it, right? Or... I don't know. Is that, I don't know. I think so because it was like that year they were like, okay, well we have enough to do an actual conference on. Oh yeah, because no, because uh, 2015 was when they announced and launched Fallout 4. 2016 was when Doom came out. Yeah. So yeah, I want to say yeah, it was that one. So yeah, the first Bethesda one was the best. But um, I'd say yeah, you probably could do that and just have or have Microsoft's E3 show longer. Mm-hmm. So you can do the Microsoft stuff and then have like a break in the middle that goes boom Bethesda and then end with like. All right, here's Halo. I would actually be really okay with that because Microsoft is always one of the most hyped conferences for me just because they have so much variety. They have a big focus on anime games, which is really weird, but I love it. Like, when I saw that Jump Force trailer for the first time, I dropped my iPad and gasped seeing Light Yagami. The fact that Microsoft said, hey, Fantasy Star Online 2 is ours. Yeah, that's huge. It's great. I think it's coming to PS... Or Sony systems at some point, but like eventually. The fa- but the fact that like the the reason that game is in the West is because, is because Microsoft. of Microsoft. Yeah, that's insane to me. I'm excited to see what what company they buy next. So I know it's going to be a Japanese company. It's this this whole generation is going to be very interesting because Microsoft at this point is going after it, like they're trying to push into the East so hard, and Sony is at this point where it just feels like they're just waiting for studios to come to them. Also, they seem to be pushing into the West. Like, a lot of the Japanese developers are leaving because they're kind of sick and tired of uh, Sony's censorship laws and some other stuff Sony's doing. Yeah, that's why all the hentai's coming to Switch instead. Like, Galgun mm-hmm. has just come to Xbox. Not PlayStation, though. Mm-hmm. Which is insane to think about, but like... Senran Kagura... Like, it's primarily being Switch and now Xbox, too, with Peach Ball, I think. 
Yeah, like that to me is I think interesting because like yeah, Sony is focusing on Sony Santa Monica, Naughty Dog, Insomniac, and like Sucker Punch, which are all companies that exist in America. Like that to me is I don't I don't know where Gorilla or, um, uh, the Days Gone devs I can't think of their names. Uh, I think Days Gone might be Montreal, but I could be incorrect. But still, like that, like they're focusing on the West. Like all their biggest titles have been western yeah last of us days gone horizon like yeah you have bloodborne and persona 5 sure but to me it feels like there wasn't as big a push for a persona 5 or a bloodborne than there was for things like days gone yeah because i remember like obviously persona 5 is huge but like i don't remember a lot of people being like boom like lining up for it yeah like at gamestop whereas when i worked the release for uh oh what was the game Days Gone, actually. Yeah, like, working the release for Days Gone, it was like, I had people who were, like, so excited for that game. More mm-hmm. so than I remember seeing for Persona 5. Yeah. And it's like, granted, Persona 5 outsold it, but, like, people just knew, like, oh, Days Gone, this is from Sony. Mm-hmm. It's first party. I know. I, I, I expect much from this. And I don't know. It's it's weird. The next gen's gonna be interesting, because I'm, I'm very excited to see how how they pull it like who who because we're in a really interesting spot obviously playstation is still at the top mm-hmm. microsoft is very close yeah it's it's at that point where it feels like within the next one or two big gaming events like a tgs or e3 gaming awards whatever it really feels like microsoft could realistically pull ahead could you imagine if at a like TGS or at the Game Awards this year, Microsoft just goes, "Hey, we bought this studio," and it's like a big, like, I know it's like unrealistic, but imagine if they bought Capcom. That that's my biggest hope and dream right now is for them to buy Capcom. So not only do they now own Street Fighter, they have Devil May Cry, premier action game. They have Resident Evil, mm-hmm. the premier horror title. They now have Mega Man, a really good platformer. Phoenix Wright is that Ace Attorney or no? It won't, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney again. Yeah. Um, is a uh, combination visual novel. Is Layton Layton is, well, is that someone else? Layton is level five. Okay. But level five currently is shutting down all of their Western production. I think. Which is sad. But like, I I would love to because like that's the thing is the way Microsoft is treating their devs. Mm-hmm. You know, do what you want, but make sure you're prioritizing Game Pass for a lot of stuff. Yeah. And so I love, like, imagine if, like, okay, Mega Man X Collection, Mega Man Collections, all, like, the entire Mega Man series on Game Pass. Devil May Cry HD Collection on Game Pass. Every entry in the Resident Evil series on Game Pass. That would be insanely huge. Like, I'd love it. Like, obviously, you got all the Bethesda games. You now have EA Play. It's like, if you haven't played Jedi Fallen Order, it's there. And um, not just that with the Capcom thing. A lot of games that aren't on current gen would suddenly just show up on the Xbox store. Yeah. Oh wait. Oh no. That's that's uh. That's not Capcom. I was gonna say Castlevania. No, that's uh. That's <laughs> that's Konami. Yeah, that's that Konami. One, I mean, if they wanted to buy them and revive those games, like, could you imagine seeing like a Metal Gear Solid port, like oh an HD God. remake, but on Xbox? <sighs> Man, that would that would win E3. <laughs> I'll say this. I want I want Sony to buy Konami, just so Blue Point can get Metal Gear. That would be insane. 
I want to see Blue Point remake Metal Gear Solid One. I mean, and make it phenomenal. Have that, but also like with that connection, you have Kojima right there. So if they wanted Blue Point to make a new game, he could always give his input on the story and character development. So there's a lot to be excited for. Next gen's really interesting. I I'm I'm loving the PS5 right now. Even the games I got my Xbox exclusive and Assassin's Creed, like I'm 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 liking the direction we're going. Yeah, me um, too. Obviously, the big dog for this this end is gonna be Cyberpunk. Yeah, that's but the that's the pie in the sky right now for everyone. I think. I I hope people have their expectations a little low. I mean, I, after I, all these delays, I've heard a lot of people being like, "Okay, well, it's not gonna be that good." Yeah, because like, and I think it's gonna be good. I just yeah, I think people put the expectations so high because of Witcher Three. Yeah, I agree any, with that. Because you, you cannot ask any person who goes on like Reddit or Twitter, where if, if someone says Witcher Three, immediate likes, mm-hmm. like just Witcher Three, boom, you have Reddit gold. You're good. You get awards just because you're like, oh, the Witcher Three best game. And it's like, eh, like I like Witcher Three. Don't get me wrong, it is definitely quality. Yeah, it's really good, but it's not like it's not like this genre-defining best game of all time. It can't be beaten. Yeah, it does what it does, and it does it well, and that's all you can really ask for. Yeah, so I, I think that's what Cyberpunk's going to be. It's going to do what it wants to do, do it really well, and that's it. It's not going to be this genre-defining moment for games, and it's like it's not going to change the way we play video games for the rest of our lives. It might do new things. Like, apparently the whole game is one simultaneous load. Like, there's no loading screens. That's insane to me. So, like, that, I think, is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. But, like, like apparently looking out a window, seeing the, the streets below... Yeah, those are NPCs walking around. It's like, that's cool. But, you know, we'll see. I mean, I'm excited mainly just for, like, the relationships in that game. Like, how you get friendships and romances and everything else. Because the dialogue is going to be so interesting. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of cool uh, character development and story moments and whatnot. It'll be interesting to see. We'll have to do a whole episode on that when it comes out, most likely. I'm completely down to do that. Hell yeah. Alright, so I think we've done a good amount today. Um, thank you for tuning in. Uh, this has been episode four. Um, I say any any final thoughts, any last words you want to give to the people? Um, you know, everybody, just go check out Woodcliff Manor, like we said. Woodcliff Academy. Sorry. Sorry, Landon. <laughs> just edit my voice with a Siri thing saying Woodcliff Academy. Say. Yeah, just bleep it out if you have to. Um, but yeah, it's really phenomenal. Please go check it out. Um, Landon's a great guy. He's done a lot for us. Um, and we want to boost his viewership as much as possible, too. So, yeah, I think that'll be it. You want to end it with the normal? Take it sleazy.